0: Is anybody surprised in how abysmal this weekend was for the Boston Red Sox? Because I kind of was and I kind of not at the same time. And I'll explain to you why. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me on Monday's edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Welcome to episode 37. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And we have another episode here in the studio to give to you, the listener. I'm so excited that you decided to download, listen, and enjoy. So hopefully this episode fulfills that. Hopefully you had a great weekend. It was opening day weekend. It was Easter weekend if you celebrate Easter, the Easter holiday. And let me tell you this. I have a bone to pick with the Boston Red Sox. I do. And I want to get into the other teams as well. But there's actually a lot to talk about with not just the Red Sox but baseball in a whole so I'm going to see exactly where this episode is going to take us because I do have to get ready for the Red Sox game today and I wish there was a little bit more excitement going into it, but nonetheless, going to the Red Sox game, first time in like two years it seems like, probably two years. So I couldn't be any more thrilled to be at Fenway Park today. It's going to feel so good and it's going to feel very normal to be sitting there rooting for my favorite team probably going to catch this loss like they have been this whole weekend nonetheless definitely look out for that vlog it's going to be kim and i vlogging the whole trip it's going to be i don't even know what to expect from from a vlog in this game to be honest but it's just going to be cool i'm just rambling on anyway so let's talk about the boston red sox all right as it stands right now monday morning that i'm recording the red sox are 0 and three they are three games back from first place two the Baltimore Orioles, who they just got swept by. Absolutely swept. Where's the problem? Where is the problem for the Red Sox? Well, you can point to a couple different places. You could point to the pitching. You could point to the hitting. You could point to the fielding. I mainly want to focus on the hitting. Because going into the season, we all knew. We all knew that pitching was going to be a problem. The bullpen looked better. It looked like it got a little, you know, improvement back there. But the starting pitching was always the question mark. It always was. And the hitting, on the other hand, we had a lot of faith and a lot of confidence in because you have Martinez back. You have Bogart back. You have Devers. You got Kike Hernandez coming in from L.A. You got Marvin Gonzalez coming in from Minnesota. Christian Vasquez has shown an improvement with the hitting. Alex Verdugo, obviously, he's still young and you expect him to take that next step from an impressive 2020 season. You also have um, Bobby Dahlbeck, who's a rookie this year, who had a very hot, nice spring. So you have a lot of faith in, you know, seven hitters, right? You can expect seven or so hitters to really show out well. The only player that actually showed out in terms of hitting the ball was J.D. Martinez. Now, I do have to say Christian Vasquez, you know, he is three for seven early in the season, so, but he only played two of the three games. Martinez playing all three of them, hitting um, 500. He's six for 12 right now with a home run, three doubles, three RBI. So I have no problem with what, how he's playing. My MVP predictions looking pretty solid after a couple games, let me tell you. But, anyways, I mean, Xander Bogarts, he's one for 12. Bobby Dahlbeck, he's 0 for 10. Rafael Devers, he's 0 for 6. Uh, Let's see, Enrique Hernandez, your leadoff hitter, he's 1 for 10. Hunter Renfro, who had a nice hot spring himself, he is 0 for 7 as well. Alex Verdugo, 0 for uh, 11. So it's like, ah. And on opening day, the, the Orioles were pitching John Means, and he shut you guys out. He allowed a base hit to Enrique Hernandez in the beginning of the game, and he retired the next 18 Red Sox players. Just boom, 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 done, and you lost. You got shut out at home to the Baltimore Orioles. And Evaldi had a nice little day. I mean, I think he only gave up three runs. It was, um, let's see, what did it say? Runs? Uh, one run, one earned. So it, mm, he had a point. Uh, where's where his ERA? One point six nine ERA. Okay. Then you look at uh who pitched not yesterday, day four. Oh, Tanner Houck. So Tanner Houck. He pitches five innings, giving up six hits, and he's charged with three runs and two earned. But he had eight strikeouts. And he's walking away with a uh, 3.6 ERA. He was electric. Now, yes, Raphael Devers did have a little fumble there at third base, so did Bogarts. But it's like you're getting some decent pitching from your starters. And then you look at yesterday's game with Garrett Richards, and it's like he couldn't even get out of the second inning. He just got... Oh, no, he couldn't get out of the third inning, excuse me. Seven hits, six runs, six earned, uh twenty-seven ERA. Now we have um Nick Pavetta pitching today. So hopefully I'll get to see him and see how he looks after uh an offseason with the Red Sox. But I do want to kind of talk about the bullpen though. Josh Taylor, 45 ERA. Adam Oneavito, a nine ERA. Darwins and Hernandez, a nine ERA. And I know it's still early. I know it's still early. So you give up one or two runs in one, two games, it's gonna go right through the roof. I know. But the way that the pitching has been portrayed thus far has been—it's been okay. It has been okay. I mean, I can't really ask for much. You got Matt Andreesy going one and two thirds with nothing. Um, you got Matt Barnes going an inning, giving up nothing. Austin Bryce, inning and two-thirds, giving up nothing. Um, Hiro Kazuha Sawamura. I got to figure out how to say that. Two innings, he hasn't given up anything. Phillips Valdez, two innings, nothing. Garrett Whitlock, three and a third, not giving up anything. So there are some nice bullpen pieces kind of doing their thing, which is very encouraging to see because it's a long season. We're going to need all of the bullpen arms. We really will. But those that are underperforming, you're not helping the team. And that's obviously a cliche. And hopefully, that this can kind of change. But at the end of the day, we expected the Red Sox pitching to be very questionable. So to kind of see what we're seeing thus far from the pitching is kind of promising because it's not all too terrible. It's not. I think the pitching, the way, if it keeps going the way it is, could kind of fix itself a little bit. Those ERAs will kind of go down. Bullpen can kind of become more locked down. But you have to keep in mind against the Baltimore Orioles. That's why I have a problem with the hitting because we expected the hitting to be there. We didn't expect the pitching to be there. We expected the pitching to be okay at best, and we were expecting our hitting to kind of carry us win after win. And that's how the Red Sox went into the 2020 season last year. Was oh we'll just beat teams ten to nine or twelve to uh, twelve to eight no that doesn't happen you can't consistently score ample amount of runs look at yourself on opening day look at yourself on opening day you got blanked so what how can we fix this well you just played against the Orioles who are a trash bag of a team but you made them look like a World Series contender and your best hitters are sucking bogart's sucking dollback sucking devers sucking um verdugo sucking and hernandez sucking it's just one series i can't get all too bent over out of it i have to stay hopeful and optimistic which i think at the end of the day the red sox will kind of bounce back from this because first you know week or so can be a little challenging you're trying to get readjusted to playing in the cold and playing against MLB pitching instead of maybe minor league pitching that you'd see in uh, spring training sometimes. So I get it. Oh, plus the adjustment of playing every day as well where you're playing every single day, you know, starting or coming off the bench. And usually in spring training, it's you start and then you get replaced and then you're done. So I'm going to kind of, I don't want to give them a pass because I'm not giving them a pass. Absolutely not. They should not have gotten swept by the Baltimore Orioles at all, but they did. But it's early in the season. Wait till about 20 games or so into the season. I know MLB is longer. Usually 20 games is like 20, 25 is right for the NBA. Um, hockey, not so much because that's a point system. But baseball being 160 games, you probably have to wait till like 50 to really get a good idea. But I'm going to give the Red Sox until like 20 to 30 because... If they can't dig themselves out of an early hole, I don't see them coming back at all because the Blue Jays are looking nice. The Yankees are looking okay. Uh, you don't know what to expect from the Rays. I mean, they walk out of this weekend 2-1 and one, even though they played the Florida Marlins. So it's like, where are they going to be? We don't really know. And we can expect the Orioles to suck this year. But, I mean, like I said, you made them look like a World Series contender we just have to reevaluate this team in 20 to 25 games because I really think that the whole American League is very good. I mean, a lot of good teams there. A lot of teams, you know, still kind of suck. Like I said, your Orioles, your Tigers, your Mariners, uh, Rangers even, they're all going to suck. But teams like the Twins, the Indians, the White Sox, Astros, Angels, Blue Jays, Rays, Yankees, they're all going to be there. They're all going to be good all going to be fighting for a wild card spot. Oh, and I forgot the A's too. I'm sorry. So, overall thoughts from this past weekend. Let's see. Very underwhelming performance from everybody. Pitching, hitting, fielding. Very underwhelming. Uh, I think that... Uh, I, I'm trying to... I can't think... I want to try to say something good and positive. But it's very hard because of this weekend. Um, so they were under very underwhelming. The pitching was hopeful, the bullpen was hopeful, I should say, because, like I said, though there were a couple pitchers, uh, Darwin's and Hernandez, uh, Josh Taylor, and who's the other one? Um, Adam Ottavino, who got kind of blown up a little bit. Um, even though he only gave up one run, but still the nine ERA doesn't look good. And so, like I said, it's so hard to judge that early in the season you give up one run, your ERAs ballooned but like still in in situations like that you can't be giving up those kind of runs overall though like i said the bullpen was kind of promising hopeful, like i said and i can really see that this bullpen could become something for us moving down the line especially when we went into the season without a lot of expectations for said bullpen that being said the pitching rotation as well on the other t- on the other hand just gonna have to wait and see because I mean Ivaldi looked nice Tanner Houck looked nice Garrett Richards obviously didn't look nice and we're gonna see uh Nick Paveda tonight other than that that's really all I have for takeaways out of this weekend I want to see the team hit more obviously even if they play a little small ball you know get a runner on bunt him over and you know go back to the basics nothing wrong with that and then JD Martinez having a nice little hot start you know is definitely nice to see hopefully that iPad being back in the dugout for him will tremendously take his game back to that elite level that we know and love from Jumbo Dong. Okay, so let's transition from not just the Red Sox, but let's just take a look around the whole the whole league, American and National League, seeing a couple surprises. So obviously the Orioles walking away 3-0 is a surprise. Um, The Tigers walking away um, with a 2-1 record over the Indians is a little bit of a surprise because we obviously expected the Indians to be very good this year and the Tigers to not be. Now, yes, you have to keep in mind, I'm going to say this for a couple weeks or so, it's early in the season, but early in the season, you know, wins and losses can kind of set the tone for a while. Astros 4-0, that's not a surprise. But the Oakland Athletics, you know, 0-4, you know, obviously losing those four games to the Astros, that was kind of surprising. I thought that there would be at least a kind of a split there because those both of those teams are super good though the Astros are better, but the Athletics are always sneaky. They're always sneaky good, so it's a little underwhelming to see that the Athletics weren't able to get a win or two from the Astros in their series, but the Astros are still the Astros nonetheless. Moving over to the National League, let's see, the Phillies are 3-0, beating the Braves in all three games. That's kind of upsetting, because I really think the Braves could win the division, and... Them not even getting a game is kind of tough because a lot of people didn't pick the Braves to win the East, and I did, so I kind of want to shove it in people's faces, but let's look at the Nationals and the Mets, though. They're in second and third place, respectively, not playing a single game. That's because their games were canceled because of COVID, and they are higher in the division than the Marlins are, who have one win. I think that's kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. The Marlins are one and two, two games back from the Phillies in fourth place. Philly's sitting in, at the top of the division, and they have a half-game lead over both the Nationals and the Mets with, where they haven't even played a single game. It's all about losses. It's all about the losses. Um, Let's see. Oh, the Pirates won that opening day game against the Cubs, and I was like, huh, the Pirates? And then they go lose the next two games, and I'm just like, ah, the Pirates. But Key Brian Hayes, though, um, my NL Rookie of the Year prediction – He's looking good. He's looking good in Pittsburgh. I hope nothing but the best for him. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, you know, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, oh, so good. That 1-2 combo, or I guess I should say 2-3 combo in their lineup is oh so good. Uh, the Cubs, they look really good this year. Um, As long as they can figure out their pitching, I think they'll be very solid this year. I'm looking to see how they perform. Then we have the Padres and the Dodgers. Number one in the division in the National League West, both three and one. Dodgers had a little bit of a scare from the Rockies, I have to say. I have to say, I thought the Rockies were going to give them a good series. They end up walking away three to one. The Padres, too, with the Diamondbacks. That race right there between the Dodgers and Padres is going to be something that's going to be good for the whole year. And I'm all for it. So... Those are all my thoughts about the um, the state of Major League Baseball leaving opening day weekend. So Red Sox currently 0-3. Uh, is how I currently feel about that. Overall, great opening day weekend from all over the league. Super excited that baseball is finally back. We're in full swing. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can have a great season all around. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing a lot of good teams play and battle it out. I'm looking forward to some of the um, the weaker teams, you know, trying to overperform and see what they can do over the course of a full 162, which is going to be completely different than what we had last year with the 60-game shortened season, where it was just a sprint from literally game one to game 60. It was just a sprint. Every game literally mattered. And this year, eh, not so much. So just a different mindset for a lot of teams. But like I said, overall, I'm excited, super happy that uh, baseball's here, and I'm sure you are too. But let me know what your thoughts are leaving opening day weekend. Tweet at me, DM me, at Murphs underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for sports talk. Reach out to me, like I said, on Instagram and on Twitter. Give me your thoughts about Major League Baseball, the Red Sox, whatever it is. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment down below. Definitely let me know what you're talking about or what you're thinking about, I should say, and we can have a conversation there as well, because this podcast is all about generating conversation, discussion, and debates. But speaking of something debate-worthy, I do want to stick to MLB real quick, and I, do, I don't want to get too, too much into it, but it is definitely worth talking about, and I'm not going to go into the politics about it. I refuse to do that. But the Major League Baseball uh, lifted the All-Star Game from Atlanta. So the Atlanta Braves were supposed to host the All-Star Game for the 2021 season, where the Braves, like I said, were going to host it at their stadium, Truist Park. But now it has been lifted for political reasons. And I do want to go over this on why it's being lifted, for what reason, and such like that. But I, like I said, I do not want to go into the politics, the Democrats, the Republicans, liberals, conservatives. I'm not going to do that on this podcast. I want to go over this baseball headline because it is important to cover and we need to talk about it. But like I said, politically wise, I'm going to try to avoid all of that. But uh, I'm going to tiptoe de- tiptoeing around this. So please bear with me anything i mention i do not mean politically i'm not trying to bash any party or anything like that nor am i trying to stir a debate in terms of the political realm of things so major league base so this is an article from usa today where it says major league baseball will move its all-star game out of atlanta after the state of georgia passed voting bills that will disproportionately affect citizens of color and action that rob commissioner rob manfred on friday said is the quote best way to demonstrate our values as a sport End quote so from right there Georgia the state of Georgia has passed something passed a bill and it's going to affect people of color and obviously baseball is a very uh, multicultural and culturally diverse sport where you have not just Americans but you have players from the Dominican Republic from Cuba from Mexico uh, you even have some from you know Japan and China just all over the world so you're gonna see a bunch of different kind of races, right? And Rob Manfred, commissioner of baseball, was like, listen, we're not going to let this affect our sport. We don't think it's appropriate uh, because of the diversity of Major League Baseball. So they decided to lift the All-Star game from Atlanta. Uh, continuing with the article, uh, MLB's removal of one of its dual events, the All-Star game, which this year will include the draft for the first time comes after a year in which the COVID-19 pandemic and the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer caused the sports industry to reconsider its influence within society. That recalibration was most felt in Georgia, where members of the WNBA's Atlanta Dream organized against one of its owners, former Senator Kelly Loeffler, and urged Georgians to exercise their right to vote. Uh, Obviously, big thing this year was to get people out to vote let them um, influence people to uh, exercise their right to vote whether they were uh, voting for um joe biden at the time donald trump at the time or whomever maybe nobody whatever we were urging people to exercise their right to vote the article also would go on to say uh by january control of the u.s senate flipped to democrats after uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff won the runoff elections, with Warnock defeating LoFler, which was the owner of the Atlanta uh, Atlanta Dream team. Excuse me. Um, where's my mouse? Here it is. So on March 26, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed legislation passed by both state houses a republican-led overhaul of state elections, rolling back voting by mail and other absentee balloting efforts, and even banning the distribution of food and water to those standing in line to vote. President Joe Biden called the bill, quote, sick and, quote, un-American, and on March 31st told ESPN he would support MLB moving its Midsummer Classic out of Atlanta, Just more than three months before its stars were together July 13th for the 91st All-Star game, Manfred did just that. Quote, from Manfred, over the last week we have engaged in thoughtful conversation with clubs, former, and current players, the Players Association, and the Players Alliance, among others, to listen to their views, Manfred. End quote, Manfred said in a statement. Uh, Yes, there it is. Um, Like I said, I don't want to get too much into the politics of it, But that is kind of what the reason is, and that is unfortunately the storyline. So it is a major baseball and sports headline that needs to be discussed about, and I want to discuss about it. What does this mean? So MLB is taking the appropriate steps in order to keep things culturally, diversely fair, even, and to not discriminate against anybody. So where things were very hot and heated in Atlanta they did such a thing because a lot of people, you know, had to do the mail-in ballots, you know, they couldn't uh, go to the polls for whether it was COVID, because, uh, like, maybe a medical condition, they didn't feel comfortable being around people, whatever it may have been. Now, the whole thing... I See, I'm trying to explain this in the best way possible because I'm trying to tiptoe because it's a very sensitive topic for some people, and I'm trying to you know be respectful of that but ultimately at the end of the day you know georgia has its own thing going with this bill that they now passed and how um it affects people of color and you know rob manfred and major league baseball was just not about that because like i said baseball is such a diverse and multicultural sport not just race but culture ethnicity nationality all that good stuff so They just lifted the game and they're going to move it. The new location of it has yet to be decided. And we do have a statement from the Atlanta Braves with the decision from baseball to move the stadium. And that statement was released on Twitter. And that statement is as followed. The Atlanta Braves are deeply disappointed by the decision of Major League Baseball to move its 2021 2021 All-Star Game. This was neither our decision nor our recommendation and we are saddened that fans will not be able to see this event in our city the braves organization will continue to stress the importance of equal voting opportunities and we have hoped our city could use this event as a platform to enhance the discussion our city has always been known as a uniter in divided times and we will miss the the opportunity to address issues that are important to our community unfortunately businesses employees and fans in georgia are the victims of this decision we will continue to support the community legacy projects which have been planned and are in process so with any all-star game in any sport really whether it's hockey basketball or in baseball stadium, uh cities will kind of revamp their city a little bit you know add a little bit of of pop so it's attractive for people coming in players coming in to give it like a vibe right because you want to make it a fun weekend uh, a fun atmosphere and such although the MLB all-star game is played on Tuesday so it's kind of hard to do that but that time that all-star break while you're down there it can still be fun you go out to a couple of uh, clubs bars restaurants whatever And Atlanta was doing that they were in the process of you know supporting the community legacy projects which was going to kind of revamp the city a little bit make it more appealing for people to come around because, unfortunately, Atlanta does have a bad rep in some of its neighborhoods, which I won't go into, but almost any city has that, right? So it seems like, after reading their report, that the Atlanta Braves organization is completely against Rob Manfred moving the All-Star game from Atlanta. They said this was neither our decision nor our recommendation. And it just kind of goes into the, like, kind of guilt-tripping you know baseball almost be like oh you know the fans here you know the city here you know we had no choice you know people aren't going to come be able to see Georgia and Atlanta uh, unfortunately businesses employees and fans in Georgia are the victims of this decision and that's true that is true because there are a lot of good people out there who are affected by this who had no take what whether it was the the bill being passed or just simply covid so this is a huge loss to the city of atlanta and unfortunately politics have gone in the way about this because if politics didn't uh, affect their society the way it has then we wouldn't be in this conversation right now so unfortunately the braves have been kind of stripped of something that they were looking forward to obviously anyone hosting an all-star game is looking forward to that but unfortunately like i said This is a tough blow for Atlanta, a tough blow for the Braves, and a tough blow for Georgia. Nonetheless, hopefully we can see the all-star game back in Atlanta very shortly. In the meantime, we need to find a new all-star game location. And I've been doing a little bit of research, a little bit of research on places that would best fit. Now, before I do that, I kind of want to go over the past 10 locations because more than likely, this next game will not be at one of those 10 locations because you like to mix it up, get some, you know, get games in new cities or places that haven't had the All-Star game in a long time. So obviously last year in 2020, the All-Star game was supposed to be in Los Angeles and it got canceled due to the pandemic and the shortened season. So that, um, the Dodgers will be hosting it next year in 2022, so in MLB Baseball has already announced that they will not push that up to this year. So, Dodgers are going to host it next year, not this year. So, 2020 canceled the All-Star Game. Uh, Looking at 2019, it was at Progressive Field in Cleveland. 2018, Nationals Park in D.C. 2017, Marlins Park in Miami. 2016, Petco Park in San Diego. 2015, the Cincinnati Reds hosted it at Great American Ballpark Uh, 2014 Target Field in Minneapolis, City Field in 2013 for the New York Mets, and Kauffman Stadium 2012 for the Kansas City Royals, and then lastly Chase Field in Phoenix hosted by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So we can expect those 10 cities to not host the All-Star Game in 2021, which leads me to a couple of options for this year's All-Star Game with it now being out of Atlanta. <clears throat> so it's not going to be in Atlanta. It's not going to be in Los Angeles and it's not going to be in those 10 stadiums. So that leaves us with 18 cities to choose from now. MLB baseball still wants to kind of, uh, honor, uh, Hank Aaron's legacy. Cause he just passed away recently and he was obviously, uh, Atlanta brave and they want to honor his legacy, as being one of the greatest baseball players of all time, playing in a 23, 24, five-year career for the Bra- uh, the uh, Milwaukee Braves, Atlanta Braves, and the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, he was, I personally think he's the home run king, but you know currently sits at second behind Barry Bonds. That's a conversation for another day. But nonetheless, an amazing, incredible career. Uh, many MVP awards, home run title, home run record. He was a great hitter, five-tool player and baseball really lost a legend when he passed away oh so recently ago and they still want to you know acknowledge his career his life as not just a baseball player but as a human being and they want to do that with the game in Atlanta but now that the game's out of Atlanta I personally think that having the All-Star game in Milwaukee would be a great idea and a great spot to do that because obviously he played in milwaukee for both the milwaukee braves at the time and the milwaukee brewers since this year is supposed to be honored to hank aaron i think it'd be a great place to do it because hank aaron hit both his first and his last home run in milwaukee so kind of his career comes full circle there it's just i mean milwaukee brewers hosted the all-star game in 2002 i believe it was 2002 Yeah, 2002, Miller Park, Milwaukee hosted it. So does it really matter? You know, it's been 2002, 19 years. I think it would be a great place to have it. Let's look at other locations, though. I've seen, um, where is it? I've seen Chicago, the White Sox. I've seen Tampa Bay. I don't know why that would be a good place. Baltimore, even, they um, hadn't hosted since 93. Tampa Bay, obviously not hosting it at all. The White Sox, I believe, hosted it in 2003, yeah? The White Sox hosted in 2003, so we could look at um, the Chicago Cubs who haven't hosted it since... When was the last time they hosted it? Oh my god, 1990. I mean, that would be a good place to have it. People could argue and say Fenway Park, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I hope Fenway Park doesn't host the All-Star game this year because of a couple reasons. One, I won't be there. I will be at basic military training, and I will not be able to watch nor attend the All-Star Game. And whenever Fenway Park gets the All-Star Game, I am going to go to the Home Run Derby. I want to get monster seats, and I want to go. I don't care how much it costs. The Home Run Derby is my favorite All-Star Weekend event in all of sports. Better than slam dunk, better than the three-point competition. I love the Home Run Derby. I've been saying this for 10 years. Whenever the home run, whenever the All Star Game comes to Fenway, I will be at that home run derby. They better not do it this year because I will not be able to attend. I don't think they will do it at Fenway Park because I I, I don't know. I feel like they wouldn't just kind of throw it on the Red Sox. I feel like it being Fenway Park, they would kind of give themselves some time because. They have to get the whole area, you know, the city kind of set up and all that stuff. And you could say that about any other park, but Fenway did host it in 1999. So relatively recently, I mean, 20 years ago, 22 years ago, I think that they're going to kind of, I mean, there's three open slots right now in 23, 24, 25. I do think the Red Sox will get one of those spots. Obviously, uh, 2021 is up in the air now as well. I just hope <laughs> I'm just trying to convince myself that there's no way that they're gonna pick Fenway Park. There's no way. Oh, oh, another team that could have it is uh, the Texas Rangers. They have a brand new stadium, uh, Globe Life Park, I think it is, in Texas. They opened it last year. No fans. I think this having it this year would be a nice little spot for them because they can break in the stadium a little bit better. It's brand new, so it's gonna have all the technology and the facilities up to date and all that good stuff. I think that would be a good spot for it. A lot better spot than Fenway, let me tell you. At least this year. Please don't do it to me, baseball. Please don't do it to me. I ask you this one time. Do not give the Red Sox the, home, uh, the All-Star game this year. Any other year, please. All right. So that is everything that I had to talk about in regards to baseball. I know that was a lot. I tried to condense it down as best as I could. I tried to... Tiptoe around the sensitive topics and the sensitive areas. So hopefully I was able to do that It is part of the discussion the politics and the voting and you know parties the political parties It's part of it's affecting baseball, and it's a huge topic Like I said in baseball and in all sports, so I had to talk about it. So hopefully I was able to do that with uh, Generosity with ease and with caution but moving forward I do want to talk about the Celtics. Let's talk about the Celtics. all right? So on Friday, April 2nd, they beat the Rockets 118-102. And then yesterday, they beat the Charlotte Hornets 116-86. to Very nice win both days. Uh, you still have one, two, three more home games coming up. And all three games are winnable. The 76ers game is going to be tough. But like I said, it's winnable. With 50 games now into the season, the Celtics are still 25 and 25, which is a 500 record and they're 9 games out of first place, but they're only one game out of the fourth seed, and that fourth seed is critical. You need that fourth seed. You need it. The Red the Red Sox. See, I do I mentioned this last time. I talk about a team, Celtics, Celtics, Celtics. La 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 Celtics. And then I'll just kind of just drop in the wrong team. And I'll be like, "Oh, the Boston Celtics, you know, they shoot great whatever and you know the red Sox as a team they play what i don't know wait i'm talking about the celtics anyways the celtics need that fourth seed they are a home based team they play excellent at home or quote unquote should play excellent at home they are 15 and 9 this year at home they're 10 and 16 on the road they need to play home they need that first series in home in order to have any hope to do anything this year and i really have a slim slim hope that they will this game against the 76ers as if the season was to end today would be the first round matchup you get the one 76ers against the eight celtics and the celtics matchup against the 76ers tomorrow is going to be crucial if you can win that game get a nice little three game winning streak going maybe vault yourself up in the standings a little bit then you got the knicks who you know are right there with you in a very similar situation okay All right, now we got something cooking, right? We got something cooking. And then you got the Timberwolves at home on Friday. Should be an easy win. Then you go back on the West Coast to the Nuggets, to the Blazers, the Lakers, back home. So what am I expecting from the Celtics? Well, it's starting to seem like, I mean, I know they're playing against a couple bad teams here. Well, the Hornets aren't a bad team, I should say. No, they're better than you currently. But overall, they're not looking like a bad team. They're starting to seem like that they're figuring it out. I really think Evan Turner has been a great addition. He's scoring, you know, upper teens. And he's just giving you another scoring option off the bench, especially. He's getting starter minutes. And I really think he's kind of blending and molding himself into, you know, the rotation very smoothly. Big test against the 76ers. I would even say the Hornets was a big test. And I kind of mentioned that they need to win these home games, this big massive home stretch before they go back on the West Coast. That Hornets game, winning by 30, excellent win. Excellent, excellent win. But this 76ers game is definitely going to be the one to decide a lot of things. I don't want to say decide, but it's going to be a game. It's a show-me game for the Celtics. It really is. Man, like the Knicks are still there. The Hornets are there. The Heat, the Hawks, all those teams are buying for playoff spots, buying for like upper seeds, I should say. And then you got the Pacers 11 games back, so you have a two-game gap between them. So you can start to see a little separation from you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, that kind of jumble of teams right there where you know the Celtics and the Knicks are starting to kind of peel away from those that aren't in the playoffs anymore, which is nice to see, gives you a little bit of a buffer. But ultimately, you'd like to be up higher. Like I said, it's a four-seed. To give yourself a lot of good comfort going into that first round of the playoffs where you would play whoever the five seed is. Where the first two games are at home and you have home court advantage throughout the series. Is that looking ideal right now? Obviously not because they're sitting in the eighth seed. But like I said they're only one game out from the fourth seed. You win and a couple teams lose. Boom you're right up there. You're right in there. So this Season is still interesting. I mean, that jumble of teams right there. One, two, three, four, five teams. Every day, standings are changing for those five teams. Moving, Looking at the West really quickly, not a lot really has changed out there. The Jazz are still at the top. The Lakers are kind of slipping a little bit without LeBron, but they'll be fine. They'll be fine. The Warriors are two and a half games. Yeah, two and a half games out. The Grizzlies and Spurs are fighting for that eighth seed right there. Mavericks are you know kind of in the middle at that seven seed and then you look at the Clippers the Nuggets the Lakers and the Trailblazers You know that mix at three through six where it's any one spot anyone can get the three anyone can get the six The West you know not as tight as the East, but it's just a little different A little different but still good competition and something to keep your eyes out over there as well Ultimately right now I don't feel confident with the Celtics. I still have my doubts. I still have my worries. I still have my fears but if they can show me and show you that they can go out there tomorrow and beat the 76ers, then beat the Knicks, all right. Now we're cooking. You know, that'd be a four game win streak against three good teams. Hopefully, you can come back on uh, Friday against the Timberwolves and beat them. That's, that should be an easy win. Now you're looking at a five game winning streak before you head out west to play the Nuggets, Trailblazers, Lakers, whatever. I think it's doable guys I think it's doable I really do what do you think let me know down in the comments on YouTube or let me know with a DM or a message on Twitter and Instagram because the season's gonna wind down soon May 16th is the last day so we have a li- like a five weeks left of the season and those five weeks are gonna go by super fast just like that every game matters at this point it matters at this point and you know what it also who it matters for the Bruins and I kind of want to quickly talk about the Bruins really quick Bruins they won Where's the schedule they won seven to five against the Penguins seven to five sheesh but uh a wins a win right and it was a regulation win so the Penguins don't walk away with the point and you walk away with two points uh, held up high and those two points are critical critical i have every point for the bruins are, is critical at this point and every point not going to another team is just as critical but we still have problems we still have problems though you scored seven goals it's inconsistent scoring because like i said you score seven one night Then last last game on thursday april 1st you scored one then you score four against the devils and you score none against the devils you score three against the sabers and then you score three against the Islanders 4-2 and it just it's all over the place oh and let's not forget you know in the middle of March you score one goal against the Penguins and no goals against the Rangers it's just all over the place at this point I think I'm looking for consistency at this point I'm not going to tell you that all oh, the Bruins need to score more goals all oh, the Bruins need to play more defense oh they need to go out and get a right wing right shot for a line oh they need to get a top four defenseman I'm done telling you that because you know that and that's not going to change But I do think, I will say, they need consistency. Consistent hockey. Whether it's three, four goals night in, night out, and you're only giving up two, three goals night in and night out. I'll take that. I'll take that because the odds are in my favor that I'm going to score more goals more nights than I give up goals on more nights. You know, know, I'm sick and tired of scoring seven goals one night and then scoring one goal or no goal the next night. Just give me consistency. Give me Bruins hockey. Hard-nosed, aggressive hockey. Where you pass the puck around, you rely on your offense to generate scoring opportunities. And you have great defenders, plus your goaltender being on fire to win you games. Because come the playoffs, I don't know if seven goals one night and one goal the next night is going to cut it. I'd rather those seven goals kind of get spaced out over a few games. In that In the defense, I mean, you can still look at the defense where they gave up five goals to the Penguins on Saturday, four goals to them on Thursday, four goals to the Devils on Tuesday. Consistency, guys. Be consistent. I mean, I still think that right shot right forward for Krejci's line is the number one need or just at least a top six forward. But, I mean, the defense now is starting to be a problem too. Oh, I got you. Can't you can't win? And you can't win. You can't have one start to play good and then the other struggle because while one starts to play good, the other's going to struggle. You can't have that. How about we both progressively improve both the defense and the offense? So, oh, <laughs> I don't know who's giving me more of a headache the Celtics or the Bruins. Because as it stands right now, I don't really care about the Red Sox because it's still early in the season. I'm not going to judge them based off of the first three games of the season. But with the Bruins and the Celtics, we are well into the season, like past midpoint of the season. The uh, Patriots, though, they're not causing me any headaches. They're not causing me any headaches at all, which is kind of nice. Kind of nice for once because you know, last season, they were giving me ample headaches, let me tell you. Anyways... Still a big stretch of games for the Bruins. I mean, their home, their homestand is ending shortly. They got a game tomorrow against the Flyers, and then they have to go to Philadelphia tomorrow at Washington, at Philadelphia again, and then you come back home for a little homestand in the middle of April. Still a big stretch of wins, uh, games, I should say. We're just going to have to see. Uh, let's see. Where did that seven-game stretch start? one two three four five six seven okay so as it stands right now the bruins are one and one in that seven game stretch that i told you about they are one and one they have five more games to go today today tomorrow thursday saturday and then sunday april 11th and we'll reevaluate ourselves then because the trade deadline will be monday which will The day that I talk about, you know, the Bruins on the podcast about, you know, what can they do or what have they done at the trade deadline. Very exciting time in Boston sports. Let me tell you, you know, Bruins the heat of the season. You know, trade deadline coming up, they got to make some moves. They got to start winning games consistently. The Celtics too. I mean, they're you know the stretch of the season, they're right there on the cusp of getting that four seed. They're right there on the cusp of being a good team, but they just both teams just need to put everything together and pushed all their chips forward plus the red Sox, you know bad opening day weekend oh and three hopefully me going to the game tonight we'll give them a little bit of luck just a little bit of luck anyways guys i really hope that you enjoyed this episode of merfs boston sports talk please 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 download listen enjoy please 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 tell somebody about the podcast you know if you see a friend or something tell them hey Give Murphs Boston Sports Talk a listen. Tell somebody about it. Suggest it to somebody. All that would be greatly appreciated. If you're listening on audio-only platforms, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, wherever, reach out to me on Twitter on Instagram at Murphs underscore Boston ST. Tell me what you think of the show. Tell me what I'm doing bad. Tell me what I'm doing good. Do you agree with my takes or do you disagree with my takes? You let me know. I want to hear it. And if you're watching on YouTube, as always, please leave a comment down below with the same thing. Tell me what I'm doing good, bad. Do you like my takes? Do you hate my takes? Are my takes right or are my takes cold? You let me know. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, if you enjoy this video, please leave a like rating down below on the video. And if you're new to the channel or haven't considered yet, please hit that subscribe button. That'd be greatly appreciated and shows great support. Everybody, please have a great Monday. Enjoy your week. I will catch you on Hump Day's edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk on Wednesday. We'll have a lot to talk about especially after the Red Sox, you know some Bruins games and of course the Celtics as well. Hopefully we can talk a little bit a little bit of Patriots uh, chatter because the draft is coming very very quickly. But until then guys, as always you know it. I love you and see ya.